Hey guys, welcome back to Revolutionary Health, the show that focuses on black gay men's health and wellness. I'm your host, Michael Ward, but most importantly, make sure that you comment below, click the arrow to like us, tell a friend to tell a friend, follow us on Twitter at Building Desire, Facebook and Instagram at The Counter Narrative. We love to hear from you, so make sure you let us know how you feel about this week's topic, which is a very important topic. BuzzFeed has an article um, revealed how racism, meth, and sex are combining to destroy queer black lives, written by Patrick Studwick. And I think it's a very important topic that I have my friend here, Dennis, to join me in talking about. So the article focuses on, it's a three-part series, and it focuses on pretty much, as the title says, meth, racism, and sex, and how it's combining to destroy queer black lives. So how do you feel about it, Dennis? Let's just unpack some of this. I feel like the article is very informative and telling part of the narrative uh, that happens for that happens for how black gay men are introduced to meth. Um, I feel like there are parts that maybe overemphasize this idea of black people always being victims in mm-hmm. in this narrative. I can see that. Um, and so I feel I feel like we have to unpack those other narratives and, and where and how black people maybe get pleasure from doing math. Yeah, I can I can see that because I think um, in the article specifically it focuses on a lot of um, victimization. Yeah. Um, and it talks about how wealthy white men, primarily in West Hollywood, are having events and luring, as the article says, black men in and having them injected or, or taking meth and then taking advantage of them, which is seen as a form of racism and race play. But as you said, there are different narratives and I too want to push the journalism a little bit to say that there are black men who aren't introduced to meth through wealthier white men and that, as you say, they do enjoy it um, with that. Yeah, and and I think in the article in particular, it uses a lot of sex worker narratives. Mm. And I think that's really important for understanding how uh, class and race play into these particular narratives. And if, if you're going to see a client and they're offering you more money to take part in it, that you know that's an incentive to do the drug where you may not do it on a normal basis mm-hmm. um i know there's been plenty of times you know in in my life where it's been like you know if you do this with me you you get more money mm-hmm. i also know that in my uh in my personal life any any other time i it's just been like me and other black folk whether it's black men or black trans women you know it's like i do math you know mm-hmm. or I smoke. Do you smoke? Mm-hmm. And that's the one I get most like. You smoke? Do you smoke? Mm-hmm. See, I see. That's another. I thought <laughs> I still thought it was like weed, and then you show it someplace, and it's like, oh no, this is what I mean. And it's like, oh well, here now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, so, so I think I think we have to, I think we have to have a conversation around meth that doesn't center on white people and always position black people as um, not having agency. And I think. And I think they do that in multiple ways in this article, because um, I think there is a way in which we can talk about the way meth allows for people to take part in these other types of uh, sexual pleasures, like race mm-hmm. play, and how the, and how that. So in the article, one thing that concerned me in the article is that we use they use race play and then racialized sexual violence interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll unpack that a little bit for the people who who may not know. Yeah, so so race play is when people so you use like these racist tropes, these 
racist rhetoric or, you know, or uh, relics that represent the state. So, like, maybe, like, cop uniform or something like that. And you use it as a source of pleasure. So, like, if I'm a... If I'm a, so if it's like a white man and a black man, you know maybe I'm calling you nigger, and that and that for you is then so for the black person is then a source a source of pleasure for you, and that sounds taboo and perverse for a lot of people. Not a lot of people. But yeah. it, it, it I hate to say sex positi- sex positivity. Go but, ahead. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. when people say sex positivity, they, they don't actually mean anything positive there. Mm-hmm. So that's true. Um, we have to be mindful that that pleasure derives from multiple sources for from multiple people. And the article we can um, we can talk about the way racial and sexual violence happens because if if I wouldn't normally do these drugs, um, but I feel like I have to because I have to make this money. And if I wouldn't normally do race play, you know, but I feel like I have to because I have to make this money, mm-hmm. then that becomes a, a racial and sexual violence. And I think, I think a lot of times, and I, I also think a lot of times that sometimes the line between those two maybe aren't as clear. But we have to be, but we have to be uh, careful. And I don't think this article really did that, and uh, and allowing people to want, allowing people to take pleasure in doing that and then doing race play and at the same time saying these are a way in which certain people are more vulnerable mm-hmm. to, to addiction to not being able to get treatment and to outright racist yeah I think it I think it did a good job of really spotlighting um, chem sex which we talked about is mainly used in UK which is chemical sex or having sex under the influence of maybe a drug something like that which how is affecting me and my personal life and affecting the community as far as like living here of what mm-hmm. I've seen is a lot more just do you party, like you say, do you smoke, tea, some of the things like in Jack profiles and other stuff like that that I've seen and come across or people have introduced to me. But I like how the article did go in and unpacked um, some of that trauma, some of the loneliness yeah. was the big thing that um, really, really touched me because a lot of the article talks about self-medication and how we really sometimes can find ourselves in these vulnerable positions because we haven't unpacked those trauma. And even trying to get recovery and seeking help and harm reduction and a lot of those things, I thought that was an interesting takeaway to really center the people who do meth for pleasure mm-hmm. of just doing it in a responsible, safer safer way to do it. Yeah, like so, like, yeah. like if, you're, if you're a type of person who maybe does meth or you know meth with a combination of other things you know once a month and that's your um that's what you do with your recreational time i'm not i'm not about to sit here and be like don't do that mm-hmm. I, just like that's, i'm not yeah. just like i'm not about to be like don't do race play um but also I, I like i like what you said that one thing the article did really really highlighted is the way uh these recoveries our recovery systems uh, and institutions are very racialized so like it's geared towards you know um, white people and so when you come into it Mm. it's like where do I place myself and how how do I how do I allow myself to recover in a way um, when I do think I need to recover that doesn't then uh, want me to just go back to what I was doing and I think the article did a really good job of doing that yeah. Well, I definitely thank you for joining us this week as we unpack the article. 
um, by BuzzFeed, Patrick Studwick, revealed how racism, meth, and sex are combining to destroy queer black lives. So let us know how you're feeling about that. So make sure you comment, like, subscribe, and follow. As always, thank you for joining me here me. on Revolutionary Health. Um, as well, we do have a webinar that discusses harm reduction um, as well with meth. So make sure you check that out um, as well. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.